0: Walters Sports Bar is excited to welcome Nationals fans back to the ballpark this spring. Located directly across the street from Nationals Park, Walters is the preeminent sports bar in Navy Yard, boasting over 35 televisions, both indoors and out. Walters is a great location to catch the Nats all season long. Walters encourages all fans to check out coronavirus.dc.gov to get up-to-date information on current dining restrictions. Go Nats!
1: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Avila with an outside target. The 3-1 is cracked high in the air to right field. Deep toward the corner goes Soto. Looking up at the wall, and this one is gone. It hits the foul pole. Home run number 1 for Carpenter and the second two-run homer of the inning makes it 5 to 1. And Avila was set up to the outside that pitch missed middle in and another mislocation results in a Cardinal long ball their third homer against Strasburg.
0: And welcome to Nats Chat for Wednesday, April 14th, 2021, along with Nats insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInsports.com. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. And boy, do we have a lot to unpack off what was a hideous Nationals loss on Tuesday night. 14-3 ends up being the final. We have a television camera controversy. We had Ernan Perez pitching we have a Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine theory that was floating, that that's the reason the Nationals were basically no-shows for this game. And, oh, yeah, Steven Strasburg got shelled. Mark, this podcast may take about two and a half hours to go through everything. Maybe not that long, but anyway, good to be with you, man. How you doing?
2: Oh, just fine. I'm, hey, I'm doing better than Steven Strasburg at the end of that <laughs> night. Um, boy, I've covered his whole career. I have seen him have good starts and bad starts. There are very few starts this bad that he's had in his career. In fact, only twice has he given up more than eight runs that he allowed in this game. One time it was in Colorado and it turned out he was injured that we found out after the fact. The other time was in Arizona in 2019 when it turned out he was tipping his pitches. So when he's this bad, there's usually a reason for it. And we're going to delve into why that was, because that was the only question on everyone's mind at the end of this game.
0: To anyone who watched the game on Masson, it was incredibly telling that F.P. Santangelo, long before we saw the shot of Strasbourg rubbing the right shoulder, F.P. was speculating that something was off because that's the way it is with Strasbourg. When he struggles like that, it's almost always because of some kind of physical ailment. And once you saw him rubbing the right shoulder, you said, OK, well, there we go. Although it may not be as simple as that. Anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. So, yeah, the game. Strasbourg shelled eight runs, seven earned in four innings. He gave up eight hits, three home runs, and five singles. Issued five walks, two of which were intentional, versus just three strikeouts. He threw just 50 of his 88 pitches for strikes, and it was ugly. You know, that bottom of the third especially, giving up the four runs, gives up a leadoff single to Tommy Edmond, a one-out, two-run homer to Nolan Arenado, a one-out, six-pitch walk Paul Paul Young. Had to Young down one-two, ends up walking him, gives up a one-out, two-run homer to Matt Carpenter on a shot to right field. And then after that, Strasburg issues another walk, a two-out, eight-pitch walk of Andrew Kisner. Strasburg had Kisner down 0-2, ends up walking the guy on eight pitches, and then everything unravels for the Nationals in that fifth inning. A nine-run fifth inning, Strasburg in that inning getting charged with three runs to earn. So it was, I guess what, like middle of the game, whenever it was, that we see the shot of Strasburg Rubbing the right shoulder in the tunnel. Now, we know watching the game on Masson, Masson is making usage of the television cameras of the St. Louis Cardinals broadcast team because you can only have home teams, TV crews in these ballparks due to the COVID-19 protocols. You spoke with Davey Martinez and Steven Strasburg after the game. Was Strasburg's problem physical in this game?
2: They are insisting it was not. They are saying that this was a case of mechanics, essentially, and really bad command Which then led to the diminished velocity and everything else that came with it. So there's a lot to unpack there. Let's, should we start with the camera shot? Because you were just talking about that and that's what was kind of on everyone's mind. Yeah. So that shot, uh, and again, as you said, the home teams control all the broadcast, or the home team's broadcast crew is the only crew on site again this year, as was the case last year. And my understanding is that on the Cardinals broadcast, they actually showed it first before Masson then saw it and then aired it that shot, which comes from a stationary camera that's in the dugout and was turned around to look back into the tunnel. And it showed him sitting down between innings and kind of pressing around his right shoulder and neck area. The kind of thing that, you know, I think would raise red flags for a lot of people. But he was adamant, Davey Martinez was adamant that that kind of stuff happens all the time. It is not necessarily a sign of anything. And they were really upset that it was ever shown in the first place. They don't believe that that should be allowed there.
1: I think it's a joke, to be honest, that, that they shoot in the tunnel because, you know, that's, there's got to be some sort of safe, safe place.
2: I don't claim to know the precise broadcast rules and regulations of where you can shoot, where you can't shoot, whether that was legal or not. But clearly showing it did, you know, at least help foster this idea that something was physically wrong with him. Honestly, from my standpoint, I didn't need to see that. I was basing what I saw off of him pitching, the way he was falling off the mound towards the the first base dugout, the way he on a couple occasions was kind of testing actually his other side, his left side, his left shoulder, his neck, and more than anything, the fact that he just had no life on his fastball at all. He was throwing 90-91 from the get-go, and that's not where he is. Now, he doesn't throw, you know, 97-98 like he did when he first came up, but only five days ago or six days ago, he was throwing 93, 94, 95, I think, and was really effective. So it, it was down several notches. And that, to me, was a red flag. But he insisted that it was a case of bad mechanics. Davy said the same. And I mean, the telling thing to me is if Davy or the trainer or anybody thought that he was injured, there would have been a mound visit at some point with the trainer. And at some point, they would have pulled the plug on it probably sooner than they did. They did not. And so it was clear to me, at least, that they had no reason to believe that he was injured.
0: Yeah, they kept him out there for a while. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, he did not look good for so much of that game. Like, even you know, he had that inning. It was the, what was it, the bottom of the fourth. He, so it's a scoreless inning, but he begins it by giving up back to back singles, including a leadoff single by Jack Flaherty, the Cardinal starting pitcher on an 0 2 pitch. Like, it just Strasburg looks so off. Throughout the ball game, he was allowed to pitch there. I think you're right, though, that if they really felt something was physically wrong, they would have yanked him sooner. You know, I think obviously with Strasburg, his history screams, "Hey, it's not unreasonable to think that something was wrong with him." Like we've been through this so many times with the guy over the years that you know it's the neck or it's the shoulder or it's the calf or it's too hot and he's sweating like a hog. You know, like whatever it is, we've danced this dance so many times. So especially when you see that shot of him in the tunnel, like yeah, heck yeah, you're gonna wonder if there's something wrong with him. It also stands out that he looks so good in his initial outing this year. So it's not like, you know, well, he's been off lately. It's like, no, he looked awesome in his first start this season. And then you just see him get shelled like this on Tuesday night. There also is this Johnson and Johnson theory that was floating during the game. And this actually came up on the telecast that, hey, a bunch of the Nats just got vaccinated, got that Johnson and Johnson vaccine. We know some people have not reacted particularly well to it. I don't know. Do we have any sense on that? Did Strasburg get vaccinated and that's why maybe he was off or nobody is talking along those lines?
2: Yeah. So look, they're being really um, private about all of it. And, and you know, I understand it's their right. They don't have to reveal who got it, who didn't get it, how they felt afterwards. Uh, Davey said that no players approached him during the game to say that they weren't feeling right. Strasburg, while not asked directly about the vaccine, kept saying that, that physically that he felt fine and that that wasn't, the issue, and you know, we'll never really know. I mean, it's it's an easy narrative to this game, and in, in a lot of ways, you hope that maybe that was the case because that that would explain it away and and lead you to believe that next time out will be fine if there wasn't anything wrong with him. I could argue that that's actually the worst case scenario because that means that there's a he just doesn't have it anymore, or at least doesn't have it right now, and he's hoping to get it back. Like I said, pretty much every time in his career, he's had a what I would call a truly bad outing. It's been because he was injured or, like I said, a few cases where we realized he was tipping his pitches. So if neither of those things was happening, that's actually, to me, almost a greater concern. Now, he's sort of cryptically talking about how he's still coming back after missing last year and that it's a long season and it's a process to get it all back. And maybe he's referring just to mechanics, but, you know, maybe there's a physical element to that too. But like you said, the the strange part is that he looks so good in his first start. If there were similar signs last time out, you'd say, okay, he's still building himself up. He's still getting back in a rhythm. But he looked great the first time. And it's hard to believe that it would be so different this time around without something going on that wasn't going on last time.
0: Yeah, no question. This is year two of a seven year, $245 million contract. They better hope he's okay. They better hope that this isn't him just falling off or anything like that, because otherwise there's a much bigger conversation that needs to be had. I will say this, though. I am sympathetic to Strasburg and Davey from a standpoint of, I think there probably should be safe spaces in ballparks for these players. Like, I know Strasburg brought that up of like, you know, you can't just be that anywhere you are, you can be shot at any moment. Like, I actually get where he's coming from on that. I think that makes sense. I thought it really stood out. Davey, during his postgame presser, he was really angry about that camera shot of like, you're not allowed to do that. That's not right. I think Davey used the word perturbed. And quite honestly, that shot shouldn't have been shown. So I'm a little perturbed about that. Uh, I don't know where you stand on that, but I can get where they're coming from of, hey, you know, some things are, if not sacred, at the very least, like there is an aspect of these guys are entitled to a little bit of privacy.
2: Yeah. First of all, that was a side of Davy Martinez that he does not show in public very often at all, certainly in those kind of press conference settings. So uh, that said something to me that he really was legitimately perturbed by it. And yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. Occasionally you see shots like that and You know, I don't think a whole lot of it, but I think the danger in showing those things, yes, sometimes it is going to show you something significant, but as any ball player will tell you, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we never see that is really routine. And if you don't see it regularly, you're going to tend to jump to some conclusions that maybe aren't appropriate. You know, we don't know what happens every night down there if they don't bother to show it. And so, yeah, I can absolutely understand why they're not happy with it. And I don't have a problem with there being a safe place for them. And I don't know where the delineation is. Again, I don't know if the rules state that they could not shoot what was being shot there. But, you know, once it's there on camera, I can understand why the the producers and the directors are saying, hey, we need to show this because it's potentially explaining why he was pitching the way he was. Are you interested in buying or selling your home? Support for Nats Chat comes from Rachel Levy of Compass Real Estate. By focusing on the personal parts of the real estate process and using technology to simplify the rest, Rachel seamlessly guides her clients through their experience. Rachel uses her deep local knowledge and exceptional customer service to advocate for her clients all across D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. To learn more, follow her on Instagram at rachel.
0: Hey guys, Al Galdi here. I'm so excited that baseball is back. There's nothing like watching a game with great weather, a cold drink, and a little action on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you've never bet on baseball before, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. FanDuel is letting new users swing for the fences risk-free. You'll get up to $1,000 back. all season long. There's a reason FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlay, and always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with the promo code chat to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code chat.
1: Twenty one plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, or West Virginia. First on my real money wager, only for risk-free bet. Refund issued as is non withdrawable site. Credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanal dot com. Gambling prom call one hundred five two two forty seven hundred in Colorado. One hundred bets off in Iowa. One hundred nine with it, Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 for Conventional Help in Michigan, one hundred Gambler, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. or in West Virginia, visit www100 gamblernet We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Avilon delivers, swinging a line drive, base hit right field. Soto comes up to get it and misses it off his glove underneath and behind him. Goldschmidt
0: was stopping at third, now is on his way in and he scores. And it's the Cardinals 11 and the Nationals 1. All right, so Strasburg was really bad, but it wasn't just Strasburg. The Nats lost this game 14-3. Luis Avilon had one of the worst relief outings you will ever see a player have. He comes into the game with the bases loaded and nobody out in the bottom of the fifth. So it is a tough spot, yes. But, you know, you have some relievers who are firemen who put out fires. And in this case, you had Avalon essentially being an arsonist, adding to the fire. What a wreck that ended up being. It was one single slash walk after another in this inning. It was, you know, a classic thing, too, of like death by a thousand paper cuts. Because it was like nothing but singles and walks. Like that was it. There it, it wasn't like anything in the way of like some big home run or some bases clearing triple or anything like that. Avilan was left out there. Davey was like, hey, uh, Luis, you got to handle this inning at the very least, okay? Because this game's getting out of hand. And man, that was a nine-run fifth inning that refused to end.
2: It was about as painful of, a, of an inning as I've ever watched. <laughs> and I've seen some bad innings. And you're right. Way sooner than the inning ended, you're saying to yourself, why is he still out there? How, like, are they going to let this keep going? And the answer is, yeah, unfortunately, once you get to a point that you realize we're not winning this ball game, somebody's got to wear it. And it's usually a veteran or, or somebody like that who's more on the fringes of the roster and they just have to suffer through it until they can get, get out of it. But boy, I mean, he threw 38 pitches, only 17 strikes to get through that inning. And I mean, it was almost a minor miracle that he did finally get the third out of the inning. And then at the end of all that, they still had three more innings to go. They needed to record nine more outs somehow. And thankfully, either because the Cardinals led up or, or the relievers that did come in got the job done, the game picked up real quickly at that point. But at the end of the fifth, it had been almost two and a half hours to get through five innings. And it felt like two hours of that was just the bottom of the fifth alone. It was ugly. It was not good. We haven't seen a lot of Luis Avilan yet to know what he's going to provide to the team. But if, if you can't even complete a mop-up duty and, and complete an inning to just continue a game that's already out of hand, that doesn't really bode well for uh, moving forward.
0: Yeah, you said we haven't seen a lot of Luis Avilan. We may not see much more of Luis Avilan a- after that performance. That's the kind of performance that gets you DFA'd. Avilan officially gives up six runs, three earned in one inning on six hits, all singles and two walks. And like you said, 38 pitches, just 17 for strikes. 21 balls out of 38 pitches like it's not supposed to work that way it's so funny though the rest of the game that's bullpen was actually really good Wander Suero there there's that guy again
2: seven out of eight seven appearances or warm-ups in eight games
0: incredible a perfect six inning he looks sharp Austin both look good you know maybe we got something here with Austin both looking good in his recent outings he tosses a scoreless seventh and then the highlight of the night clearly Hernan <laughs> Perez you know it's a blowout. It's a no-doubt route when a position player is pitching. Hernan Perez comes on to pitch. A perfect eighth. Two strikeouts. Here's a sidearm delivery swinging a miss. he struck him out. Where did that come from? He maybe looked the best of all these guys on Tuesday night. <laughs>
2: You want you want some pitch velocities on Hernan Perez? Yes, these officially registered, according to Statcast, as four seam fastballs. The uh, average velocity was sixty three point nine. He maxed out at seventy eight point seven. His slowest pitch, again officially considered a four seam fastball, registered fifty four miles an hour. That might've been the drop down sidearm pitch to strike out. Uh, I I think it was Williams. I I can't remember. He got two strikeouts. I mean, who would believe it? And then did you notice him stalking around the mound like Max Scherzer at the end of all that? Yeah. (laughs) So look, sometimes, you know, I've seen a few of these over the years and sometimes those position players pitching at the end of an awful game can actually bring a little levity to everyone. It can lighten the mood Guys can have a little bit of fun with it and, and and maybe forget about what an awful game it was. Who knows in this case if if that did the trick or not? But it certainly provided something interesting, something a little bit fun to watch at the end of just a brutal baseball game.
0: It was brutal. Uh, Nats were not very good offensively. Victor Robles, 0 for three, two strikeouts. Trey Turner, who's had a very bad series so far, 0 for three with two strikeouts. Josh Bell didn't do much beyond a walk. Starlin Castro, 0 for four with a strikeout. And then there was the sloppiness defensively. You know, it's funny. Starling Castro got charged with an error. It was the Nationals' first official error of the season. That's ended up being the last team in the majors to commit an error on the year. But I think most people are sophisticated enough to know by now, you don't just judge defense by errors. I mean, you had Soto committing uh, actually an error later uh, in that inning. You had two errors in that nine run fifth. It actually started with that Castro error. We can't catch a liner. That was brutal. Then Soto boots a ball in the outfield, but you also said something like Kyle Schwarber, where he like falls onto his stomach. He was catching a deep <laughs> flyout by Justin Williams at the warning track to end that four-run third inning. It was a it was a sloppy performance, I thought, in the field for the Nats on Tuesday night.
2: Have we seen in two nights now um, the Josh Bell stretch at first base? I guess I'll call it a stretch. more more of a fall. <laughs> now he, he's caught him so far. But, I mean, you can kind of see what might be coming someday at some point, and we know that's an issue for him when he's in the field. So, you know, the only thing I'll say, and I'm not trying to excuse it, but once you have an inning like that playing out, I can understand why some guys in the field might not be feeling it quite the same intensity and quite the same attention at that point. You know, they're professionals, they're not supposed to do that, but you could understand it. And... You know, if we want to theorize, if most of the team got the vaccine yesterday, would stand reason to believe that at least a couple of them didn't feel 100% physically, and maybe that explains some of it. I don't know. It's, we'll never know for sure, but that's a game that you just want to, as they say, flush down the toilet and try to forget everything that happened and hope that it doesn't have any lingering effects, that when they come back on Wednesday, early Wednesday for the series finale, that they look like a different team.
0: Yeah, they better. But, you know, with the defense, and we've talked about this, they were an awful defensive team last year. They don't profile to be really any better this year. I mean, the two big position player acquisitions are guys who aren't good defensively in Schwarber and Bell. You got Castro playing out of position because of the failed Carter Keyboom situation. And Juan Soto, after taking a step forward defensively in 19, took a step backward in 20. And now he's at a more important defensive position in right field. And all these guys were involved in some of the defensive boo-boos on Tuesday night. So it just, you know, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't mean they're going to be terrible again defensively, but obviously not a good sign. The other thing, too, Mark, is another out was made on the base pads. Now, look, you watch that replay of Josh Harrison, and it did look to me like he was safe. It did look like his left hand touched second base before... Matt Carpenter's glove touched Harrison's left hand, but it was hard to tell. But the bottom line is the Nationals, again, already this season, make another out on the base pass. I feel like we have this conversation every April about the Nats and them making all these outs on the base pass. But what would you make of that spot? Harrison getting a hit. Harrison had a nice night of the play, three for four with a couple of RBI, but getting gunned down, trying to stretch the hit into a double in that top of the fourth.
2: Yeah, my take on that one is kind of similar to what most of the other outs on the bases have been. And those have been errors of aggression. They're trying maybe a little too hard to make some things happen. It wasn't necessary. There was two outs, nobody on. They're losing, I think, five to one at the time. If it gets a second, great, but it certainly wasn't a play that needed to be made in that situation in the game. If anything, you need to have base runners because you still have a chance to win at that point. So I thought it was a little overaggressive. And I, I think that's been the case for several of these base running mistakes where, you know, especially when they were depleted in their lineup. And you're thinking, hey, they've got to do whatever they can to try to score some runs that you get out of your element. You try to do too much. Now, I think that's been the case more than anything. Um, that's not what you want. You need to play within yourself. You need to trust that the the guys behind you in the lineup are going to drive you in. If you're a thousand percent sure and you want to take the extra base, go for it. But if you get thrown out, then you have to suffer the consequences and, and understand that it was a bad baseball play. And I think that applied, even though it certainly looked like he was safe based on the slide.
0: Uh, yeah, it did. Harrison, though, like we said, did have a good night at the plate. Kyle Schwarber had a good night at the plate, two for four, had a first pitch leadoff double, top of the seventh, had a full count single in that two-run ninth inning. And Juan Soto, ho-hum, another extra base hit for him, a two-out double in the top of the third. But it's another loss for the Nationals. Two and six now is the mark. Best you can do over these first nine games now is three and six. And, you know, you are looking potentially at 2-7. and I mean, to me, I I looked at these first nine games. It is a gauntlet, no doubt. Three at home against the Braves, three at the Dodgers, three at the Cardinals. Can you figure out a way to get to four and five? That's not happening now. And uh, you got Joe Ross and Adam Wainwright on Wednesday afternoon. So, you know, I don't know that you want to live putting a whole lot of emphasis on Joe Ross starts, but he did look very good in that initial outing. And boy, could the Nats use another gem from Joe Ross come Wednesday afternoon.
2: Yeah, no, they absolutely could, and I think the first start was encouraging, and the spring training that he had was encouraging, so I, I don't think that start came out of nowhere necessarily in his uh, season debut, so you hope he can do it. They managed to get through the game, we were talking about the bullpen, they managed to get through it without having to use any of the big name guys, that's, that's a little bit of a, a bonus, so maybe they, you know, if they get five solid innings from Joe, then they can turn to Finnegan, Rainey, Hudson, and Hannon, of course, Swearer will be in there at some point, because he always is. But the flip side of it is, I want to see this lineup. They look great in the opener of the series. They obviously did not look great in the second game, but some of that may have been because they were trailing by so much and, you know, didn't have quite the same, you know, reason to to try. And... Wednesday's game is against Adam Wainwright, a guy who they have had success against before. Wainwright's had a fantastic career. He still has the ability to be quite successful, but some of these hitters have had success against him. Bell and Schwarber and Harrison have all faced him a lot from their time in the uh, National League Central, so they will be familiar with him. I'm looking at that game as a, let's see if they can win a game with their offense and hope you get the pitching. Maybe the pitching comes through, but after this rough night the plate when they were blown out. I want to see that lineup strike early and set the tone and maybe take some pressure off of Joe Ross.
0: Yeah, that would be nice to see. You know, you mentioned the bullpen. I know you wrote about this for MassInSports.com. Where are we with Will Harris? It's not a name that's come up a whole lot here lately. You know, in in theory, he's a key piece to your pen, Uh, obviously injured, but uh, where are we in terms of him potentially debuting sometime soon?
2: So it sounds like it's still going to be a while. He's in Fredericksburg. He's been cleared. He's he's down there now. And at this point, he's only throwing off flat ground, long toss. He has not gotten off a mound yet. And, um, you know, remember, it was such a bizarre situation with him. This spring, he had a numbness in his hand. A doctor in West Palm Beach diagnosed him with a blood clot. He went to a specialist in St. Louis, who performed a procedure on him and determined there was no blood clot. And so I actually asked Davy Martinez before the game on Tuesday, do you guys know yet? Do you have a diagnosis of what actually was causing it? And he said, no, other than doctors have said that he's cleared and he's good to go. And this is something that he may just have to deal with if he's got that sensation in his hand. That's not, you know, a great sign of anything, but more than anything, even if he is physically fine, he's almost starting spring training over again at this point. And so I think that's going to be a while until we see him. And then once you do see him, who knows what you really do expect. I think anything at this point is a bonus from him, at least anytime soon. So they are going to have to rely on those other names I mentioned before and not have that veteran reliever who, boy, they gave him a three-year deal going into last season. And so far it has not paid off. And it's a a reminder why those, you know, long-term deals for veteran relievers are dangerous because so few of them are consistent year to year. This was a guy who was for five straight years, Really good for the Astros, but you just never know how much they have left in them. You know, let's see. There's still, you know, essentially two-thirds of that contract left, but so far it has not paid off.
0: Well, at least you have Ernan Perez for the back end of your <laughs> bullpen. So you got that going for you. You tell us what you think. You can tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, NatsChatPodcast at com. including if you would like to become a sponsor of the Nats Chat Podcast. We welcome you with open arms, that email address again. Nats Chat podcast at gmail.com, and you can contact the mastermind behind this enterprise, Tim Showvers. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7, the fan afternoon game on Wednesday. Hopefully, the Nats win the game, and remember, win the series. Nats did win game one in this series. Would be awfully nice to get that victory, come back home, and then you got the uh, the big four-game series coming up with the Arizona Diamondbacks. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast.